It is showtime, baby. Here we go. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And you can see he's rising to the occasion. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Oh, awesome, baby, with a cow with the leg. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. This is your captain, baby. Hey, come with me. The doctor is now in. And a good thunderous Thursday to you. And we are rolling along here post-Super Bowl and now looking ahead to the NBA All-Star Weekend. That is our next event that is on tap in Indianapolis. All right, so we get ready for that. Some interesting stuff taking place in All-Star Weekend. We'll uh, dive into that today. Plus, we talk a little UNLV hoops. Men victorious last night on the road in Fresno, getting a two-point victory. Kevin Kruger will join us, the head coach of the Running Rebels, who have now won five in a row. Lindy LaRock gets another victory last night for the Lady Rebels. They improved to 21-2 as they defeat Colorado State last night in a game I got a chance to be at last night at the Cox Pavilion. So great seeing Lindy with so many other people as uh, well, too. And yes, as uh, the calendar approaches March, you know, March Madness right around the corner. And then, of course, Final Four, the first week and in April, we look forward to all that. So, yes, we officially turn the calendar now from football now that the Super Bowl is concluded. And we get uh, talking more and more about hoops on the college side as well as the NBA side. Scott Spritzer will join us. He will join us in studio next hour as uh, we talk to Scott regarding handicapping the uh, NBA All-Star Game plus the college basketball in the second half of the NBA season on the horizon. Plus, we'll do a little recap of Super Bowl 58 here in Las Vegas. So like I said, uh, busy, busy couple weeks here in Vegas, of course, with uh, the Super Bowl concluded. So now we kind of put a bow and put a wrap on that. And now we uh, look forward to basketball. Also, we will uh, also give you an update with uh, more news uh, unfolding and coming out of Kansas City from the parade. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, later on this hour. So uh, hang tight uh, for that. But I want to start the show off here today talking about uh, the NBA All-Star Weekend, which is taking place in Indianapolis. We have the game on Sunday. We have the slam dunk contest, a three-point shootout on Saturday. Then, of course, you have the Future Stars game, the Celebrity Game on Friday. And then also, you know, that very special three-point shootout between Steph Curry and Sabrina Inescu. All right? Very intrigued about that. But when we talk All-Star Game, what most people think about is the slam dunk contest. And I wanted to start the show off today with uh, a very good friend of mine who has been on the show before, who was the very first NBA slam dunk contest champion back in the day. Well, he's going to be celebrated and he's heavily involved in this all-star game because he is the alumni relations director for the Indiana Pacers who happen to be hosting this game this weekend. So The pomp and circumstance has already started there in Indianapolis, and uh, I wanted to bring in our good friend, the 10-year NBA and ABA uh, veteran, the first NBA slam dunk champion, ABA legend with those Indiana Pacers back in the day, and then also started the NBA with the Golden State Warriors as well. He will be a judge in the slam dunk contest and will be honored as well on Saturday night. Let me bring in my man, Darnell, Dr. Dunk. Hillman, what is going on, brother? Oh, just another day in the court, you see. You know how it is. (laughs) I do, man. And I know that you're busy there, too, man. I mean, you know, it's NBA season for you, so I know that you're always rolling along here and everything. But uh, this has got to be a special time for you because you're seeing a lot of your old brethren there. And then plus, you know, you're going to be a judge uh, in the slam dunk contest there uh, in Indianapolis on the Pacers home court. So it's got to be an exciting weekend for you personally. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, I get a chance to see, just like you said, some of the uh, old-time uh, guys, and we can sit down and tell those lies to one another, how we used to beat up on each other. <laughs> uh, excited about that. And, you know, the city is popping right now. 
getting crowded every day. So I come the weekend, the day after tomorrow, it's just going to be packed in here. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. The all-star festivities already underway in Indianapolis. Uh, we know Adam Silver is going to make his address for the opening uh, ceremonies coming up here in just a, a minute. Darnell will be uh, there for that as well, too. But uh, where is the excitement level with this? Uh, we know that Indiana is is a hotbed of basketball, and there's a lot of tradition. Even though the Pacers you know, really haven't won a, an NBA championship, uh, and they haven't been relevant for quite some time, but we know how much that that city and that state loves uh, its Pacers and the NBA. So talk a little bit about the excitement level. Well, it's uh, it's picking up a little bit. One thing about this team here that uh, we have right now, they're very exciting to watch. The city is rallied behind them, and they're really enjoying what they're seeing out there. Now, if we can just get these guys past the all-star break and they still come out and play like they did the second half, they should make the playoffs very easily and be, you know, uh, represented very well. So you're going to be city. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Darn. I'll finish up. Go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. The city also is very big on basketball. So there's all kinds of activities going on, even not in the downtown area. So we know it's big hype. I've been getting phone calls to come and make appearances over at different places. And I can't be at two or three places at once. So I'm having to decline, but it's growing. And I've been getting phone calls about it. <laughs> well, how many phone calls have you got from people that said, hey, man, l- l- let me see what you still got. I-, I know that you could probably, you'll still get up there and and, uh, and throw down a dunk or two. I mean, you, you got to have those requests, right? <laughs> Oh, I have the request for TC. I took the, the word retirement, literally. I do not leave the floor anymore. If I jump anymore now, I've got four herniated discs in my back. And if I leave the floor, I can't play golf for a couple of weeks. So there's no jumping involved anymore. There it is. All right. there. Now he's a full-time golfer. I love that, man. That's good. That's good. And we're going to get you back at Sacramento for our, our next Hall of Fame event, too, with the golf tournament. So you make sure that uh, you bring the sticks and ready to go in June, man. I certainly will. <laughs> All right, man. You are going to be judging the slam dunk contest this year, and I think that is a great honor for you. One of the original dynamite dunkers and the first NBA slam dunk champion uh, of all time. And you've got yourself a pretty good list of uh, judges going to be sitting next to you. Dominique Wilkins, Fred Jones, Gary Payton, Mitch Richmond, and yourself. Talk a little bit about how all that came about and uh, speak about what that judges table is going to look like. Well, that. This is the first time that I've heard the list of the judges that you've just given me. So it should be pretty good. One of the guys I have a great deal of respect for as a judge has been Dominique. Dominique and I are about the same height. And when you look at a dunk contest, most of the guys today jump from the floor to the rim. We like to jump over the square back in our day just to get the same effect that these smaller guys get. So this is going to be very interesting to see how this judging is going to be. The other part to this is this will be the first opportunity I get a chance to be recognized as the first NBA slam dunk winner. They have yet to ever recognize me since the very first one in 77 and didn't come back until 84. So all the other champs have been recognized, but this will be my first, I think. On the NBA level, that is. And that is what is so special about this. And it, it, it is sad in a way as well, too. Not in a way, in a much way. Because here you were in the very first NBA slam dunk contest. And for those that don't know, you know, the ABA had full, uh, were full of dynamite dunkers. And you were, you know, the highlight of all those. And you won some ABA slam dunk contest before it was even fashionable in the NBA. And so for you to finally be recognized, I think that is fantastic. It is long, long overdue. But you got to say, Darnell, that it's really cool that it's going to be in the the city that drafted you as well, too, and then you played there, not only the ABA, but the NBA for the Pacers. So, I mean, that crowd has got to go crazy uh, honoring you, as they should. But you're right, man. Uh, People need to know that uh, this is long overdue because you were the very first NBA Slam Dunk Contest champion. 
I'm looking forward to that part right there of what you just expressed because I've got a lot of friends here in town. Once they made the announcement that I was going to be a judge, like I said, my phone has just been blowing up like mad. Congratulating me or those saying, hey, it's about time. Make sure you have a good time. I'm just going to go down here and see how they feel about me, and then we'll go from there. (laughs) You know, you participated in a time where, like I said, it was the infancy of the slam dunk contest. And you mentioned 1977. Now, when you go back, it wasn't, you know, uh, part of All-Star Weekend or anything like that, right? That was the NBA Finals. And I believe it was in Portland, you know, with the Portland Trailblazers. And, you know, this is the late 70s, like you said, 77. And you defeated one of the greatest players of all time. And a lot of people may not remember this, but you defeated Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the semifinals. Now, we don't see a bunch yeah. of seven-footers back in those days that were, were in the slam dunk contest. But then the championship, then you went against Larry McNeil, and you took it to him. To kind of go back to that point in time, how it all came about, and talk about what that was like about, okay, sending Kareem to the showers and then beating Larry McNeil for the very first championship. Well, you know, going up against Kareem in the semis in Milwaukee during the All-Star break, at his home. There's a coin toss. They flipped the coin. I won the coin toss, so I had him, I elected him to go first. Kareem could jump. He just didn't do it in play, but he did a dunk in warm-up that just terrified me. I'm thinking, (laughs) if this guy does this, he's going to win this thing. So my dunks are all in numbers, and my number one dunk became my number five, and my number five dunk, my best one, became number one. Mm-hmm. Beating Kareem and then having to stay in shape until the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So that championship game that you're speaking of, and then going up against Larry McNeil out in Portland. I uh, was very excited about it. And when I saw Larry doing two-hand dunks, doing chin-ups, and he did that five times in a row. I'm thinking, oh, I got a real good shot at taking this. <laughs> <laughs> you, now, you go back, and if anybody goes and, and looks at the video from this, I mean, there's Darnell in the blue shorts. It's like a, a white tank top. You got your number on the back. I mean, it's it, it it's crazy. And then at postgame, you're being, you're being interviewed there, and – I believe it's got the bottle shop. You still got that bottle shop shirt? Do you remember that shirt? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, The bottle shop was a wine company here in town. They were our summer league sponsor for softball. (laughs) So once they found out that I was going to be in the finals, they asked if I would wear that shirt as a warm-up. And, yes, I still have that shirt. Is that right? Now, Darnell, I hope there was a serious endorsement fee from the bottle shop there, or are they just loading you up with uh, with free beer and wine and, and your finest liquor? <laughs> Man, they're in it just like everyone else. They got to make their cash. They're not giving that out. Oh, but, no, being that, they, being that they sponsored us, I was more than happy to do it for them. Uh, Darnell Hillman joins us. Dr. Dunk, the original Dr. Dunk. 10-year NBA and ABA veteran. Uh, Those of us that are old enough and remember the ABA, it was highlight reel material all the time. The red, white, and blue ball, but the the pace of the game, the showmanship, all that stuff. Uh, What do you say to the younger generation uh, about the ABA days, man? And, and, And what do you remember most or most fondly about those days? Well, you know, today's kids are really hard to reach in talking about past history. They're they're more involved with the current players and who's making how much money. And if you're not, uh, you know, one of those multimillionaires, they really don't listen to you. So the only thing I could suggest to the kids today is get on your YouTube, because you all have phones, go to 1977 and take a look at the slam dunk contest, and you'll also get to see some of the uh, – those old basketball games that we played there back then at that time. And they'll understand now that the ABA style of play, a seven-footer, if he could handle the ball and shoot the three, that's where they had him at. The NBA, a seven-footer, is going to play in the paint. So we changed the entire look of the game that you are watching today. Big guys are playing outside. The middle's open. 
smaller guys are driving to the hoop, shooting that junk. And, and see, that's the thing too. I mean, you, know, you were drafted, you know, by by the NBA, but you elected to to go to the ABA. Talk a little bit about that decision. I got drafted in the first round, number eight, mm-hmm. behind Sidney Wicks and Curtis Rowe uh, by the Golden State Warriors. I had already been out to Indianapolis. They had offered me a contract. I sat down in front of the Warriors, asked them to, uh, if they matched it or let me see what they were going to offer. I would consider playing there because that was home for me. Right. They asked for 24 hours. 36 hours later, I contacted my advisor because we not heard back from the, from the Warriors. And I said, hey, let's get on the plane and go to Indy. And best decision I made, back-to-back championships with this franchise, which is the last time uh, the franchise has won championships. So it's been 1973 was our last win here. I just want to be here when they win an NBA title. And, and think about that. I mean, Darnell Hillman was the eighth overall pick in the NBA draft, and he went to the ABA. And that shows you exactly how well the ABA was thought of, you know, back then, because you said it was more of a freewheeling, you know, type of uh, uh, league where you could showcase your skills and everything. I mean, there was a big difference. When you go back into the early 70s, mid 70s, you look at ABA games compared to NBA games, it was different, man. I mean, you had games, like I said, in the 120s, in the 130s, the highlight reel, the dunks, the showmanship and all that, and, and just the in-game experience was totally different where the NBA was was kind of bottled up, you know what I'm saying, at that point in time, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, they played, they had their plays uh, where they wanted to run down the floor, and the big the big guy was always an intricate part in the NBA. So the ball always started with him. If he could get off, great. If not, then he had some release points to go to. The ABA, we wanted a wide open, fast pace, and making sure that, hey, if you couldn't play defense, we're going to take advantage of you all night long. <laughs> you know, you were known for the acrobatic dunk dunks okay but if you go back and watch any video or see any pictures you're also known for the fro you had the fro back in the days and then you know you were you were in the army man and you you refused to cut your fro right i mean you're rolling around with the pick and the fro and everything you were saying no nah, man this <laughs> this is my identity it's not going anywhere right uh when i came out of the service when i came out of the army i saw a a snapshot of Angela Davis. <laughs> and she had this beautiful afro. And I said, that's exactly what I'm doing right there. <laughs> and I started growing it from that point there. So after I got it out there, I used to comb it nine times a day just to keep it well-groomed and looking because I didn't want the coach saying anything to me about my my hair. Because you're right, that was my identity at that time. Mm-hmm. We had statements to make, and that was my statement. There it is. All right, Dr. Dunk, Darnell Hillman. It seems the dunk contest has lost a little bit of its luster over the years. And again, it was it was heightened. You you started it, but then it was heightened, you know, there in the 80s and even the early 90s. You mentioned Dominique Wilkins. We saw what Michael Jordan did. And then, you know, they started going to the novelty stuff, you know, when you get guys like, you know, Spud Webb and, and, and the smaller guys and all that thing, right? Uh, but, yeah. you know, over the years, man, it just has lost its luster. I I'm really curious to get your take on that. And what would you like to see changed about this, especially coming from the guy who won the very first slam dunk contest? Well, you know, what they're doing now are all these gimmicks, jumping over cars and jumping over people. I always tried to do my dunks based on if there were any ball game where the defense was and whether or not I could pull that dunk off. So everything for me was based on being in action. What I'm seeing of these guys today is it's showmanship, you know, that they can do these these kinds of things. But what I, I often fail to talk about is when I was in college, I was a high jumper and I cleared seven feet. So every day at practice, I kicked the, the bottom of the rim, or excuse me, kick the bottom of the backboard with my foot and land on my feet. On a good day, I could kick the rim and land on my feet. 
<laughs> so that uh, when I look at these guys today, yes, they're small, but they're like I said, they're playing from the floor just to the rim. Right. I like to see them get elbows and shoulders and look over down inside the rim kind of thing. And we have very few guys that do that anymore. And some of the bigger stars today, I don't know why they don't want to participate. That might be the reason or, or cause of it is the look now is at the smaller guys and all of the speed and action that they do in jumping to dunk the ball. You know, did you in, in later years after you're well retired and then you saw, you know, some of the dunks that these guys were attempting and like you said, using some of the gimmicks and all that sort of thing. Did you ever look back and say, Hey, mm, let's see. Maybe, maybe if I had to redo it all over again, maybe I'd incorporate this or incorporate that or a prop or something. Anything like that ever go through your mind? And if so, you know, what, what would, uh, what would Dr. Dunk Darnell Hillman look like uh, in this day and age in a dunk contest? If I were able to compete today, the only prop out there would be the use of the backboard. Mm-hmm. Grab the side of the backboard, pull yourself around, swing over and dunk that ball down. Uh, and I used to dunk the ball all the way up to my armpit and then pull my arm out before I came down. Mm-hmm. So that that glass backboard would be my only asset out there. That and whatever creativity I could come up with in my mind. All right. He is Dr. Dunk, Darnell Hillman. He is going to be honored this weekend in Indianapolis. Uh, his team, back in the day, the Indiana Pacers, they are hosting the game. Ten-year phenomenal NBA and ABA career, the very first NBA slam dunk champion. Now, when we look, talk about that panel that, you're, that uh, your judges with Dominique, Fred Jones, all right, Gary Payton and Mitch Richmond, they're not famous for dunk. How do they get on this panel here? I think you better say something, D, about this. Like, wait a minute. I mean, what do you? I'd, I'd look over at Peyton. I'd say, I'd say anything. You're the, you're the champ. You're the champ, man. You're the champ, man. You are the original champ. The original champ. You got the bottle shot shirt still, man. These guys don't. Come on. I don't know what I can say to them that they would listen to me. Uh, okay, so let, let's talk about this then. Now, also. Uh, you've got, uh, you're, like I said, you're going to be honored and you're going to be, uh, with a panel. I believe it is, you know, coming up here in the next day or two with uh, George Gervin, Dr. J, Julius Irving, a guy that you competed against back in the day and, uh, Larry Bird and others, right? Correct. Uh, hopefully these guys all show up. I'm just now getting downtown right now, getting ready to go in the building. And I have not heard whether or not, um, everyone is here yet, but I'm, I'm excited to see those guys again equally as well and, and talk about the ABA days. Mm. Darnell, I got to ask you, you know, about uh, the three point challenge that we're going to see here uh, as well. We got the specialty gimmick here uh, with Steph Curry against Sabrina Nescu. Now, you follow the WNBA as well as the NBA. Uh, give me your thoughts uh, about this and how do you think it'll go off and, and who are you picking here? Well, you know, I'd like to give it to the young lady, but Mr. Curry, yeah. and it is Mr. Curry. <laughs> if he gets it in his eye and his shot is on, I don't think there's a shot on the court that he can't make. Man. And consistently, back to back to back. So uh, I'm going to probably give him the edge, but he can always have an off night and she could be on and lights out. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. Now, you know, this comp- some of this competition is going to be constructed on a glass floor. I don't know if you've, you've, you've seen the glass floor yet or been on it, but uh, wh- what are we doing here? Why, why, why are we shooting on a glass? Now, the game itself is going to be on a wooden floor, but every- the other festivities are going to be on a glass floor. What can you tell us about that? I have not seen the glass floor, and actually this is the first that I've uh, heard about it. I'm curious to see just how that's going to work. Now, I have seen a glass floor on TV, but I'm not, and I was not aware that they're having one here. But again, there'll be another eye opener for me as I go inside here. Actually, I got to get inside here, get ready for the. All right. Well, you go, do, you go do your thing, brother. Always great talking with you. Uh, we'll be watching you, uh, this weekend, uh, on television. Enjoy the festivities, judging the slam dunk contest, man. And uh, much love for you, my man. 
Same here, my friend. And I'll give you a call when I'm done. Sounds good. Appreciate you. All right. There he is. Okay, Beth. Darnell Hillman, Dr. Dunk, proud member of the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame, his hometown as well, too. And uh, again, you know, in Sacramento, he is just idolized, and especially by that generation that saw him play high school, college, played at San Jose State. Again, number eight overall pick going back into the draft in the early 70s, and the Warriors drafted him, and he said, you know what? The ABA, they, they they drafted me too. They had their own draft. And he goes, let's see who's got the money, who wants me more. And uh, he gave the Warriors 24 hours. Didn't hear back from him in 36. He goes, take the deal in Indiana. And uh, now he's Indiana Pacers royalty. They won two championships there with the Pacers. And that is the last time that the Pacers uh, have, have won a championship. They couldn't get it done with Reggie Miller. Couldn't get it done with those Larry Bird coach teams. And others, uh, they gave it a run, as we know, went to the finals, went to many Eastern Conference finals, couldn't get it done. But when Darnell Hillman was there, uh, that was a, that was a great time. And again, for those that, you know, aren't old enough for, you know, don't remember, you know, the ABA or whatever, exciting times, no question about it. And, uh, you know, good for the NBA to, uh, to highlight him and those other past superstars. Because got to remember, I mean, that's where George Gervin started, all right? That's where Dan Issel started. That's, <laughs> you know, where Julius Irving started. That's where it all started. And then when you look at this year's slam dunk contest, here's your your uh, players, your competitors. Jalen Brown, Jaime Jaquez, fresh out of college from UCLA, Mac McClung, all right, Went to Texas Tech and remember he won the contest last year. You know, what, uh, Mac McClellan, what, six foot two? And then, uh, Jacob Toppin, who's playing with the Knicks. That's it. How excited. Wait, who? How, Jacob Toppin. No, no. Who? All four. Who? All four. I, I, I know one person on that. Yeah, Jalen Brown. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But not really even a household name, you know, when you're talking about the superstars. Yeah. The, this is your slam dunk. Competitors, and I want to know how bad that floor is going to mess with everybody's eyes. To have LEDs shining up at you, yeah. that's going to mess with people. You're hundred percent. You're going to see different colors. You're going to see different logos. This, and the, they're all the dunk contest floor is blue, <laughs> straight like it is straight, honest blue. Right, like it's just, and it's going to be blue lights up at you. But I'm thinking that that is going to change. During the course of the competition, I bet it doesn't stay blue. It could be red. It could be yellow. No, could be I think orange. they're doing all different, all of the competitions yeah. under different colors. Because- okay. All right. Yeah. But uh, then again, they're going to play the game on Sunday on the traditional wooden floor. But yeah. Now, the company that made this glass floor, they're from Germany. And they've done some stuff like with FIFA and all that sort of yeah. thing. They, but this is more. You know, concert material and this kind of stuff, yeah. you know, you know, dance stuff, showmanship. But this is where we're at in this day and age. I mean, you go back and, you know, 30, you know, even 20, 30 years ago, you think you'd see something like this? No. I mean, it's, it, it, it's crazy. I guarantee you this, this will make terrible Tuesday. I think you're right. I think this, no matter what about it, it's going to make terrible Tuesday. You know, um, I'm looking forward to the slam dunk contest, but only for Darnell. And to see the judges and to see, you know, he's going to take this very, very serious and the other judges as well, too. I mean, those guys are the superstars and then they're judging these guys that, that aren't even all stars. I mean, outside, aside from Jalen Brown. I mean, are you kidding me? And he's right to see where this dunk contest is gone, you know, with the smaller guy, but name recognition, like he said, he goes, I don't know why the, why the bigger guys don't do it. Well, because they don't need the money, they don't want to risk injury. Uh, they think it's a a, a little too much. And I'll t- here's another factor too, as well too, is they don't want to get embarrassed. They don't want to get embarrassed. But there's only a handful of guys that don't care about that that will go ahead and put themselves out there and put themselves on a line. But none of those guys in the dunk contest are superstars, and they really got nothing to lose. It's like, hey. 
You know, I, I this can make a name for them. Exactly. This is what this is right. what yeah. McClung is going to be known for for the next year. If he wins it this year, yeah, he's the back to back slam dunk contest. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And, and look who you beat. You know. And again, and a lot of these guys are not real innovative. That's been my biggest complaint with the slam dunk contest that you don't see these guys, you know, really getting innovative and they try some, some stupid stuff. But then a lot of times they can't even complete the dunk. I mean, how many times are going to see, okay, you know, we're lobbing it up in the air on the bounce. Oh, I, oh, oh, my bad. Got to do it again. Uh, give me a mulligan. Let's do a do over. I mean, it just, it doesn't have that flow, doesn't have that rhythm, uh, that it did before. So that's, that's the biggest complaint. And remember, there have been talk, there's been talk almost like what we've seen with the NFL and the Pro Bowl. There's like, okay, maybe we should just get rid of this. Maybe we should get rid of the slam dunk contest. But there is so much great history. But what, what's the last great history? 20 years? 30 Vince, years ago? Vince, right? Cedric Sabalos right. going blindfolded. There, there you go. I right. Mean, right. And that's, that's semi modern day, but that's, that's really not yeah. even modern day. No. You had to go back 20 years for that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Now you're a younger guy. I, I'm, I am. I'm sure that you have never saw that footage before of Darnell Hillman in the old slam dunk. Contest. No, I was just. Uh, All right. So I what, was, what I you, was what watching you, it. So what is your take on that? If I'm a judge, he's getting like a four six. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like because but those dunks back those in dunks those days, back in the, day, yeah. the reverse dunk or, or a windmill. I mean, that was highlight that, real material. He got eight. He got eight five nine and nine five. Yeah, and there were like again back in those days. Judges weren't just handing out tens, you know, yeah. not liberal tens. No, he was, he got, he got one nine five yeah. out of all of those dunks that, that I saw. I was like, that's like a four, five, four, six. That's you know, like, yeah, uh, four or five somewhere in that range. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, again, it was, it was totally new. Got to remember it was in its infancy, you know, back in those days at that point in time. So, uh, different era, and now we're seeing guys that don't even matter as far as you know NBA players. We've got a glass floor, we've got LED lighting, uh, we've got showmanship, we've got you know nonstop hip hop music going, and guys that are just there to be seen. Now I know Darnell said he can't dunk. Mm. Can Neek still dunk? You think? Yeah, see, I mean, because now, now Nick's I, I, a little bit younger, but still, I have, I have an actual like competition right here. This, this, this would be fun. The winner dunk off against Neek. <laughs> think Jordan can do it? Still dunk? Who think Jordan can still no. dunk? No, you don't think so. No. So, but you think Dominique? Can I think Neek can probably still dunk. Well, a lot, a lot of beat up wear and tear on those knees. I know. But you think that okay, say if you're like six six or so, all right, six seven, you should still be able to, to get up a little bit to dunk. You would think so, right? Yeah. Now for the six one six two guy, six three guy, I understand. Next time we have Tracy Murray on, I'm going to ask Tracy that question. If he can still dunk. If he can still dunk. Yes. Okay, because he was even a little bit younger than you know Dominique and this and that, but you know we see how beat up he is, right? Interesting. That that would give us a good uh, a good idea. Darnell's about the same age as Cartwright, correct? Uh, older, older, older. Yeah, okay. yeah, older by about six years. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I've seen how beat up he is, and right, there's no way in hell he's dunking. No, no ever. No, no, no. Like like Darnell said, uh, feet not leaving the floor. Exactly. <laughs> All right, appreciate that. So watch the NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, Dr. Dunk Darnell Hillman will be part of the Slam Dunk Judging crew. Pretty good crew. I'm looking I'm looking for more forward to that just to see the scores that Dominique Wilkins, Fred Jones, Gary Payton and Mitch Richmond and Darnell, you know, give uh these dunkers. All right, and we'll talk a little bit more about Steph Curry and Sabrina Nescu. Uh that for me is what I'm really interested in. Yeah. I'm interested. And just to put a topper on this, which I mentioned about guys not wanting to, to put themselves out there, Steph Curry is putting himself out there. Oh, Steph is do Steph was wanting it since day one. He's putting himself out there because he could face a lot of ridicule. All right. And uh, I'm not going to say embarrassment, but people will give him shots if he gets beat by Sabrina Nescu. And the grief that he would get 
would be totally undeserved because if it, those would be the people who have never seen Sabrina Nescu shoot. Okay. She can shoot. Yeah. All right. She had made more three pointers than anybody last season. What she did here in Vegas during the all-star, you know, weekend was, you know, phenomenal. Okay. Granted, but me personally, and I'll, I'll say this again and I'll say it to anybody out there. I'd rather see KP go against Steph Curry. I'd rather see that, but there's a story here because Sabrina Nescu is a Bay area girl. Grew up idolizing Steph Curry. Used to go to Warrior Games. Steph would take his daughters to go watch her play in college when she was at Oregon. And she, they, they'd play at Cal in the Pac-12. So there's a little history. They've met before. She's called him out. He's called her. Exactly. Ex- so that's good. But It's a little bit of jarring back in Yeah. 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 And I say that it, it has credence because she is the champion of the last WNBA three-point shooter, you know, uh, contest. So, okay, so you've got Steph Curry, the greatest that we've seen in the NBA versus the current WNBA three-point shooting champion, okay? Now, I've seen Sabrina go on some real cold spells as well, too, but Steph Curry is putting himself out there. He is putting himself out there, but I love that. But win or lose, he is going to handle himself like a true pro, and there'd be no shame if he lost and he'll play it off. Hey, congratulations on her because he's a class act, you know, no question about it. All right. Let's, before we go to the break, let's talk to Big Mo. What's going on, Big Mo? <laughs> What's up, man? You tell me. Listen to you about the, uh, listen to you about the dunk contest. I'll tell you, I was probably at the last dunk contest that involved two all stars and two players. I think it was probably 85, 86 in Chicago. And Dominique Wilkins was going against uh, MJ, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. That might be the last one where real superstars were in the dunk contest. I agree with you. I, I mean, that was it. And, and people still talk about that. And there were some decent dunk contests after that. But as far as name recognition and what the public, who the public wanted to see with those two guys, not only supreme all-stars, but like you said, supreme dunkers as well, too. And, and after that, yeah. you know, those guys, I think, competed in, in, in a couple more. And then they said, okay, we're hanging it up. And that kind of started the wave. Wouldn't you agree that, you know, the superstar said, okay, uh, I, I don't need this. Yeah, I think part of it. Oh, you're you're right. I think some guys don't want to, you know, be embarrassed or whatever. I think my my opinion, they should open up and have an open division of one spot uh, of a dunker that uh, through the years, you know, through the year submits video because there's some dunk dunkers around the world that do dunk contests that are phenomenal, and that would bring some excitement in. But you know, that one in Chicago that I was at. First of all, Jordan won it. It was in Chicago. I think Dominique got got ripped off. And it was finesse of Michael Jordan against the power dunks yeah. of Dominique Wilkins. And it was amazing. It yeah. was, and people, people were talking about it. But then over the years, you know, it just kind of faded. Yeah, no, you're right. And talk about being in that building on that night, too. I mean, total electricity, right? Yeah, I mean, I. You know, I played in there. You know, you go down into the into the tunnel with the crappy locker room. But I was I was with Linda, my wife, in the stands and watching it from you know thirty rows up. And yeah. you know, you get a different perspective and a different feel. And you know, MJ was just coming into his own. And you know, uh, some of the dunks those guys were doing were were phenomenal. And if you could see those and like the way they do it now with the three D cameras and all that angles. Yeah, people wouldn't believe what was going on. And by the way, I dunked till I was fifty, and then that was it. It's not—it's not the jumping; it's the landing, brother. Right, right, right. More, more importantly, <laughs> at seven foot, okay. Of, I don't know how you fit in those seats at Chicago Stadium, thirty rows up, man. How'd you? Your legs had to be in the aisle. There's no way you were comfortable sitting in a regular seat at the old Chicago Stadium. Yeah, a little crammed in, but. I was way more flexible back then, so I could bend a little bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Linda said, too. Oh, easy. easy. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for, thanks. Good seeing you today and uh, good checking in. We'll, and we'll get you back on the show here, man. And uh, give me the winner. Is it, is it Sabrina or Steph? Who wins it? Uh, I, I, I agree that if Steph gets going, it's him. Yep. Uh, I, you know, 
I mean, did you see the shot he made last night? I did. I did. I, yeah, phenom- I mean, but we who, see that on a regular basis. I, he's he's amazing, man. He's, he's amazing. I mean, who does that? who does that? But you know what, though, I agree. Whoever gets hot, I mean, you you'll run a couple racks, and you know now you're on a roll. And you know what, there will be a little pressure on Steph. I'm happy he's doing it, but you know if he loses, yeah, you know he catch some crap from a lot of the guys for the remainder of the season. And and that's why, Mo, he is going to take this very, very seriously. You know he's out there, you know, every three-point shootout that he has participated in, he takes it very, very seriously. He wants to win. And now with this, with all eyes on this, he's going to take this very, very seriously. And it'll be interesting to see how Sabrina reacts, you know, on the biggest stage she's had as well. And, again, I've seen her, you know, fire up air balls. And I I don't see that with Steph. So I just think, like I said, Steph is locked in and which I'm sure I know he's going to be uh I, I think that he wins this thing and you know you can you can wager on this at our sports books as well too so what's the over under <laughs> uh, well, yeah I, I I remember I think the last uh when we talked about this being a prop and, and we'll talk uh to Jay Cornegay about this tomorrow I think Steph was like a three to one favorite right yeah. but you're absolutely right though I played golf with Steph back in the day when I was with Charlotte, and uh, he was at Davidson, and he is one of. And I played against Michael Jordan, and I played against Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Steph is one of the most competitive people I've ever been around. No doubt, no doubt, brother. All right, man, be good. Good seeing you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good, man. You got it. There is Paul McKeskey. There it is, uh, the seven footer himself. Uh, chime in and appreciate him as always. All right, we come back. Uh, we'll give you an update on uh, the. Kansas City Chiefs uh, parade from yesterday in the shooting. We'll give you an update on that. Next hour, Scott Spritzer is going to be in the house as well as Kevin Kruger. And we'll talk to him regarding the Rebels' victory over Fresno State last night and their five-game win streak. There's more in store around your door and more of what you're looking for with the Dr. T.C. Martin. All right, don't forget, we'll be back at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook tomorrow. It's our Friday show. Come on out, see the show live. Natalie Williams will join us, the general manager of the Las Vegas Aces. We'll talk to her regarding free agency, uh, just concluded free agency. And the Aces, of course, pulled it off again. Uh, had a couple good free agent signings. Megan Gustafson, who spent time with the uh, Phoenix Mercury and the uh, Washington Mystics and a couple other teams. Uh, she will join the Aces uh, coming off the bench. And Candace Parker re-signs with the Aces, and that will work out very nicely. And uh, Candace, we expect a full training camp for her. She'll be 100% healthy. And, of course, you know she's doing a lot of broadcasting right now with uh, TNT. And uh, she'll, she'll be doing the college basketball tournament as well as uh, the NBA. And then uh, she'll roll back into Las Vegas. So we'll talk to Natalie Williams regarding that. Plus, uh, very interested to get Natalie Williams' thoughts on the matchup, on the three-point challenge coming up this weekend between Steph Curry and Sabrina Inescu. And uh, Sabrina Inescu you know, spends a decent amount of time here in Las Vegas, as we've talked about before. Uh, I really like her a lot. Class act, uh, very humble, uh, Bay Area girl. Just, I really like her. Really like her. She's a fiery competitor. And, you know, when the Aces are playing the Liberty, it's, you know, we'll, we'll get some John going back and forth, uh, and everything. But, uh, she definitely is a class act. And, you know, her fiance is a member of the Las Vegas Raiders, offensive lineman for the Raiders. So, yeah, she spends a, a good amount of time here in Las Vegas. And uh, it would be great at one point in time if she did end up in Las Vegas. Uh, she's a superstar. There's no question about it. And she would love to be a member of the Aces. You know, she won't say that publicly. But deep down inside, she would love to be a member of the Aces like just about anybody would. All right. So a uh, fun show on tap again tomorrow. Coming your way at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. Jay Cornegay, uh, Marco D'Angelo will be joining me as well. So make sure you come on by, see the show live. And again, we'll start uh, talking some hoops as we turn the page here from Super Bowl, the NFL, to uh, college basketball and the NBA 
uh, All-Star Weekend coming up this weekend. All right, uh, great stuff there with Darnell Hillman, the original Dr. Dunk, great friend. And that interview will be up on the website a little bit later on today, so make sure you go back and listen to that as he'll be judging the Slam Dunk Contest along with uh, Dominique Wilkins, Fred Jones, Gary Payton, Mitch Richmond, and very cool that the Indiana Pacers and the NBA honoring the very first NBA Slam Dunk champion in Darnell Hillman. All right. Uh, we did want to get you up to date on the information regarding the Chiefs parade yesterday. We talked about that at length because obviously it was breaking news while we were on the air yesterday. But uh, to kind of give you an update uh, on uh, the shooting and that happened at the end of the Kansas City Chiefs parade yesterday, uh, all in all now 22 injured. Um, those that were injured, they had found out, were ages, a wide ranger, from ages of 8 to 47. One dead, and that person has been identified as Lisa Lopez Galvin. She was a popular DJ, uh, described as a real extrovert. And uh, so she was a DJ there in the Kansas City area. Unfortunately, um, she lost her life in this, this sad, sad uh, tragedy. Now, more info that is that is coming out uh, from the story is that anytime something like this happens, people start talking about, is it a terrorist act? All right. Well, they've ruled that out. And what they have found out after you know capturing two of the three, uh, well, actually capturing all three of the suspects, two of the three were teenagers, teenagers, juveniles. They had guns, several guns, and now this is believed to be a dispute. No one was targeted here. If anyone was targeted, and I don't want to, again, this is just speculation, but it could have been. Lisa Lopez Galvin that could have been targeted because she is the one that got shot, was dead, and an argument ensued. There was a dispute, an altercation with uh, several teenagers, and they had guns with them. So obviously no one of the Kansas City Chiefs were a target here. Uh, Doesn't seem like it was like just a random shooting. We're going to shoot up people in the crowd, but it sounded like this argument this dispute escalated, and we don't know if Lisa Lopez Galvin, Lisa G, her DJ name, was the one that was here, you know, targeted. But uh, again, twenty-two people overall injured in this. Unfortunately, one dead. So we'll we'll get more and more information about this. Uh, Quentin Lucas, the mayor of Kansas City, uh, spoke on this uh, earlier today, and uh, now, of course, you know, people are saying, well. Does this mean the end of parades? Does this mean the end of parades in Kansas City since this happened? Uh, obviously, this is an isolated event. Here is what Quentin Lucas, the mayor of Kansas City, had to say. Unfortunately, this is not the first shooting at a parade in our country or a rally. That is certainly a tragic uh, incident for us because we don't have experience with them. You asked the chief at the outset. Is this Kansas City? Well, we've had parades like this before. We had one last year without this type of incident. We had a Kansas City Royals victory parade where we had almost no arrests in 2015. So I don't think in any way that this is Kansas City. I do think that there is a gun violence challenge in this community and many others, and there certainly is a gun violence challenge as it relates to major events. That, however, does not mean that Kansas City will stop having major events. We will do all we can to make sure people are safe. And that's why I think you're seeing so many people at KCPD and the Kansas City Fire Department doing work to address that. All right. Mayor of Kansas City, uh, Quentin Lucas, I really liked what he had to say there. Uh, came across uh, very strong, very professional, and uh, you know, obviously close to his heart here. And he's 100% right. Uh, there is a gun violence problem. Not only in that community, but in most communities uh, throughout our country, uh, guns are too uh, easily accessible. Obviously, and, and when when kids and when teenagers have guns in their hands and can get them uh, very very quickly and easily, uh, that that's a major problem. And again, I'm not going to go off on that. It's not this, this type of show, but the bottom line is what he said is very, very accurate. No, it should not be that we should not have parades anymore. It should not be that uh, Kansas City doesn't hold parades. And I loved what he said. 
You had a parade there last year. All right. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have had multiple parades, right? Three of the last five years. You go back to 2015, the Kansas City Royals had their victory parade where 800,000 fans were there. This is a community with just over 400,000 that reside there. And if you look at the whole metropolitan area, it takes you a little bit over a million people uh, in the suburbs and you know within a 20, 30-mile radius outside of Kansas City. So you're getting double the population at these parades. And for the most part, everyone has behaved fine. I think when you go back to 2015, when the Royals won the World Series, when they had that parade, I believe there was either no arrest or very few arrests at all. So, you know, for people to say, okay, shut down parades, this, and that. No, you know what you do? You just, you stop the nonsense. You try to curtail the, the nonsense and, and try to curtail, you know, people purchasing guns, getting their hands on guns, however that is. But that's another, you know, bigger conversation, uh, in a detailed conversation, but obviously it's a problem, you know, not only in America, but throughout the world as we know. So a very, very sad day uh, yesterday. But uh, the Chiefs, if anybody, if the city of Kansas City, they know a thing or two about holding parades, and they do it at a, an exceptional you know, rate. There are over 800 police officers that were stationed there, uh, not only regular police officers, undercover, uh, other organizations as well, too. Tons of security uh, there yesterday. And it was just one of those unfortunate incidents where uh, you get some knuckleheads, just a handful of knuckleheads out there. They want to bring guns in. They want to cause some problems and, and start an argument, start a fight, can't control their emotions. And they start shooting. Just ridiculous and very, very unfortunate. Uh, 22 injured, one dead. And uh, we'll get more and more about this and the motive. I'm sure, again, these... Teenagers are in custody right now, and I'm sure that we will be hearing more about this in the next couple of days. I have audio of the actual gunshots, like the actual gunfire. Do you want to? Do you want to be able to hear that? Mm. I mean, it's you can kind of hear the crowd in the beginning, and at the end, you hear them scramble. I mean, it's up to you. Go ahead, and play it. Yeah. Wow. And that very, very sad. And, uh, you know, the police have asked for anyone who was there to please, uh, share video, uh, share their phones, anything that they, they took. And again, still, uh, ongoing investigation, still a very live investigation at this point in time, uh, right now. So, um, it's too bad that a celebratory parade had to end like this and uh, of the, whatever number of people that were there. If you want to say 500, 800,000, where no one, you know, thought that uh, they were going to be having to deal with this. And you shouldn't even have to worry about that. Uh, school was out in the municipal area of Kansas City yesterday and the surrounding communities. And that's why there were so many kids uh, that were at the parade. All right. We come back. We'll talk a little UNLV Runner Rebel basketball. Kevin Kruger will join us. We'll get his thoughts uh, after the... 67-65 victory last night. Rebs are playing well. Lady Rebs get another victory last night. They improved to 21-2. That was uh, fun to be at last night as well, too. So we'll do that. Scott Sparks will be in the house, and we'll, we'll st- talk some handicapping with both the NBA and college basketball as well. Glad to have you with us here on this Thunderous Thursday. Thunderous Thursday.